Welcome to Voices with Freeze, brought to you by modern luxury shopping destination, Matches Fashion. I'm Rebecca Siegel, Director of Americas and Content at Freeze, and in this series, I'll be talking to experts and insiders from LA as we launch this year's digital first edition of Freeze Los Angeles. I'll speak to four creatives based here who will guide you around the city and the unique constellation of galleries, sites, and secrets that make Los Angeles such a special place for art and culture. In this episode, I'll be talking to Essence Hardin, an independent curator and arts writer. Born and raised in California and getting a PhD from Berkeley, she's lived in Los Angeles since 2015. Essence has written and spoken extensively on African diasporic visual culture and her own lived experience in Los Angeles. Hi, Essence. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course. Um, You are relatively recent to LA by some scale and totally old hat by another. You've been here (laughs) since 2015. Tell me how you ended up in LA. Wow. So my best friend, who I've always lived next to, moved here in 2014. And I basically just followed her like a year later. Um, She started writing for a TV show, and it just made sense to get out of... Oakland, I was going to UC Berkeley at the time. And so I moved like a year later, I started coming here a bunch, I really got excited about what was happening art wise here. I was in all these other neighborhoods I've never been to before. And so it just yeah, it it kind of presented itself at the perfect moment where I was about to take my qualifying exams for my PhD. And then two weeks after that, I moved. (laughs) It is a very LA story to end up wanting to live near a friend who writes for television. LA is <laughs> LA is a unique city in terms of a cultural landscape in that way. Um, what do you think sort of sets the art scene apart from other places? One is my PhD focus or what my dissertation was sort of about and, you know, whenever it's finished will be about is the sort of historical moment of Black artists who were working in LA in the 1970s and early 1980s. And so much of how that culture became vibrant was this like real reliance on community formation and assemblage and sort of this notion that you can take, you know, the discarded and make from that. And also you're, you know, you're living in places that are overlooked, right? Or under-resourced, especially if you're Black and Brown back in the day or even now. And that this way that kind of community becomes a centerfold or a point of departure for folks to actually have full careers and have children and have, you know, whatever sort of larger extended family formations is really pivotal to the art scene here. I have to ask, what's your favorite place to experience art in the city? I grew up here. And so my first art, everything is in Los Angeles. As somebody who's moved here, is there a specific place that you absolutely is a must go to? Okay, so I love the California African American Museum. Um, You know, so Naima J. Keith is from Los Angeles, moved back here after her stand at Sweden Museum of Harlem, and now is at LACMA. But before that, Naima really like reinvigorated Cam and made it this, you know, space for, you know, a contemporary growing black arts community space and for like maybe anyone who wants to be a part of it. Right. But, you know, it's right next to uh, USC. It's an exposition park, the Natural History Museums there, all of this stuff. And and Cam kind of had this more 
um, <laughs> historical air about it. And when Aima came, she really made it this like popping contemporary art center. And now Cameron Shaw is the ED and Taylor Renee Aldridge is one of the new curators there and has this incredible show, Enunciated Life, that's open during COVID. Um, but Cam has like some of the best like t- takes on artists who are making really bold dynamic work right now and they have like a historical bent to the museum uh, still but it is this really kind of contemporary art space and I love going there because it's free and there's five galleries and um, parking's easy. (laughs) (laughs) Not a small thing in LA as we are surrounded by the noise of gardening and building work so uh, parking is right on up there as well as traffic. Those are the key core concerns here Um, and Naima's really sort of also brought that vision I think you know, and only expanded it both at LACMA, but also with her work at Prospect. And I'm very curious to see what Prospect New Orleans looks like this October under her and Diana. Diana's leadership. Yeah, I'm super excited. I got to write for that catalog. I got to write a couple of entries for artists. And that's like, for me, Naima is such um, a cornerstone, like mentor, like how mentorship kind of shows up for me and works here is there are a lot of Black women who have just like, been very take you under the wing like Naima's mom Joy Simmons is a really incredible collector also just another mentor Arthur Lewis D. Carrison um I don't know like I just I I'm so excited about being here because it's really felt like a way to expand home and a way to think about you know adulthood outside of the Bay Area where I grew up and spent most of my life In 2020, Black Lives Matter protests in response to the murder of George Floyd obviously completely gripped both the nation, but also Los Angeles in a very real way. Um, You have worked on Black visual culture, the African diaspora. Tell me a little bit about sort of the the outcomes you've seen of that in LA at this moment? Uh, All that stuff to me always just feels like a tangent of kind of the undercurrent of Americanness, right? That like it is part of the foundation of this nation. So what has changed? I mean, art wise, I I don't know. I I think that the call for community, right? In relationship to how do we care for each other in ways that sustain black people who are alive now that is like the most principal thing. I would also say that that rhymes sort of perfectly with how you started the conversation where it's about sort of a sincerity and a community and the fact that, you know, all of that can be wrapped up into both the personal and professional with a a level of sort of um, a welcome and open arms here that maybe is special to Los Angeles, if not unique, and certainly something which characterizes so many of the artists who we see at Freeze or in other places who are trying to do that kind of work together. Absolutely. You know, like Sadie Barnett's another really great artist who is from Oakland, who I grew up with, and but is repped here in Los Angeles with Charlie James Gallery and like does this work with her father's FBI file, right? And he was a Black Panther and he's a queer person. Um, and that a lot of that work is around sort of like how the government, how do we resituate a narrative um, around a dehumanization of a person, right? And create this sort of like bold and beautiful art that is hopefully reinvigorating her father's life and legacy. Uh, I think that those are like really cool examples of someone who makes art pre-George Floyd, but also in the the relationship to 
how black folks have been dismissed and terrorized in this country and have continually, um, you know, made lives for themselves, even in relationship to that terror. And there is a there's a through line, I guess, around like black life sustaining and, you know, being bolder than that moment, being bolder than, um, you know, the detriment that is we are faced with. Totally. And telling a longer history. Mm hmm. Everything didn't start last year, and it didn't even start in 2016. It's it has a much longer history, and and one which has been much more um, part of a conversation in Los Angeles for decades. Absolutely, it's the founding of the nation state, and I think that like LA, yeah, has really like shown up for itself, like the residents of Los Angeles, yeah. On a slightly separate but potentially related note, um, what books are you reading at the moment? Ooh, well, I'm reading this um, book that <laughs> I'm. <laughs> okay, these are all fun books. It's summer. Yeah, it's summer, sure, and I can read whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Big Friendship by like Anne Friedman and Nami Natuso. Um, I love this book. I have given it to like seven people, and I've never read a book about, I guess, friendship as a relationship that not only is t- needs to be taken seriously, but is like kind of the longest running thread. Um, in your life. Yeah, so I've never read like a, not a self-help book, but just a book that really takes friendship seriously and beautifully. And I kind of love this book. And I'm, it feels very random that I'm even reading it, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I'm rereading N.K. Jemisin's, um, what is that, Broken Earth series? Sci-fi, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm reading a bunch of short stories by Octavia Butler. Um, short stories I haven't read before. It was like a good collection of them, but I love her like many other people do. I have to say about friendship, the thing that's amazing about that book also is that it acknowledges that so much of the focus is either about family, being a daughter or being a mother or being, you know, a brother or a sibling or a parent or a child and, and then romantic relationships and partnership in that way. But the concept of friendship sort of... Um, feels particularly noteworthy just in terms of the context of this conversation because it just so informs so much of what makes the LA art scene absolutely meaningful in that way. I just read also Toni Morrison's eulogy for James Baldwin and it's not very long and I think you can find it in the New York Times um, like archive but it is so gorgeous and I was like the idea of dying and having someone write this way about you like, what a life. Um, and that's like friendship, right? And I think that that book, yeah, it's such a good frame for reconsidering, you know, non-sexual relationships. Um, and I like love my friends and I have a really strong community and I, yeah, I moved here for my friend and I don't feel weird about being, I, ch- I, I chase this person around because this is like how my life is oriented. Um, but I really appreciate that kind of framework and having a vocabulary to think about the ways that we actually connect with each other and how we sustain each other. So that's kind of my summer reading. It's sci-fi and friendship (laughs) and Toni Morrison always. A couple of sort of really LA questions for you. What is your most visited LA lunch spot? The place where you are most likely to get lunch with a good friend of yours? B Taqueria is so good in West Adams. It hits. They are so sweet. It's like two people who like a guy owns it. Two people work there. Hours can be very strange. 
I suggest calling to see if someone answers the phone. But um, it is so, like, the food is beautiful and tastes so good. And I love it. And then I also go to Gamboge a lot, which is a Cambodian spot in Lincoln Heights. And there's this, like, giant park in Chinatown now called State Park. And I will go get lunch at Gamboge and go to State Park. And I go there with my kid and my boo um, and friends a lot. Yeah. On to the rest of the LA hit list. Your, uh, the gallery you most like to visit on your own. Ooh, I love UTA Artist Space in Beverly Hills. I just did an exhibition there in February, but they have really fantastic group and solo exhibitions. Arthur Lewis is the creative director there since two years ago, maybe, maybe three even. Um, and he's just like a fantastic collector, another mentor, but the shows are fantastic, generally speaking, and just they change over like, relatively quick. So this feels like it's always kind of like fresh and new in there. And I don't live in Beverly Hills. Um, so it's like an adventure to go <laughs> all the way over there. Yeah, I was gonna say to get out west. And I would Ooh. say that um, his collection is just incredible. His house is it's one of the just best. a monument to his vision of collecting in a way that is, you can feel how all-encompassing that is for him and it is a spectacular spot it's a maximalist vision and i love it it is maximalist. (laughs) that is a correct word i love that well i have to say thank you because i'm now going to go to gamboge and have not been and cannot wait to make that my next spot on my la lunch list thank you so much for joining me today and for giving this many tips and tricks to somebody joining us in los angeles and you know everyone please go to cam please see all of these things and thank you again essence thank you for having me thank you for listening to voices from freeze with me rebecca siegel please hit subscribe to receive future episodes and share it with anyone else you think might enjoy to find out more about matches fashion and freeze head to matchesfashion.com and freeze.com or join the conversation online by searching for at matches fashion and at matches under man.